hear the reading of the scriptures for today, taken both from the Gospels, one according to the Gospel of Matthew 16, 25 through 26, and the second according to the Gospel of Luke, the 12th chapter, verses 16 through 21. This is what it says. For those who want to save their life will lose it, and those who lose their life for my sake will find it. For what will it profit them if they gain the whole world but forfeit their life? Or what will they give in return for their life? And from Luke 12, 16 through 21, we have the parable of the rich fool. This is what it says. Then he told them a parable. The land of a rich man produced abundantly. And he thought to himself, what should I do? For I have no place to store my crops. Then he said, I will do this. I will pull down my barns and build larger ones. And there I will store all my grain and my goods. And I will say to my soul, soul, you have ample goods laid up for many years. Relax, eat, drink, be merry. But God said to him, you fool, this very night your life is being demanded of you. And the things you have prepared, whose will they be? So it is with those who store up treasures for themselves but are not rich toward God. This is the word of God for the people of God. God. What a joy it is for me and for my wife Dee to be here back in Boston Avenue with you today. We've looked forward to this for some time and I'm just delighted to, to be back here in the presence of David Wiggs and the whole Boston Avenue staff, Dr. Susan and Dr. Joel uh, and all of you. Uh, I just want to say I lift up my prayers to Bill Kroll, who will be going to the Holy Land on Tuesday. Our prayers go with you and your team that will be going. And if by chance you didn't get a chance to sign up with Bill, I'll be taking a group with one of your own, Warren Danskin, in December, December 2nd through 12th. We invite you to come. But last week from this very pulpit, David Wiggs made a humorous joke about a bishop in the church. <laughs> And I want you to know that not two hours later, someone who was here in that service was in Claremore with me, and they said, when you get there next week, ask David Wiggs about the joke about the bishop. <laughs> and I caught him in the sacristy, and I and, and it's okay. It's a good joke. It's clean, all right? <laughs> it's clean. But I'm delighted to be here. We have just uh, enjoyed ourselves. Your hospitality is outstanding. And Valerie, I want to thank you for being here because you lower the median age of the three of us significantly. (laughs) You do a great job. Throughout the course of our lives, we all make choices. Choices. As we grow and leave the security and the safety of our parents' home, we choose what schools we want to attend. We choose the career that will shape and mold our lives. We choose the person we will marry. We choose the home that we will live in. We all make choices. It's part of life. 
But after the choices have defined who we are and what we have become, I have discovered that waiting at the end of all that we have accomplished, there are two final choices that stand above and beyond all the others. And those two choices are whether you want to be successful or whether you want to be significant. Let us pray. Thou, my everlasting portion, more than friend or life to me, all along my pilgrim journey, Savior, let me walk with thee not for ease or worldly pleasure nor for fame my prayer shall be gladly will I toil and suffer only let me walk with thee close to thee close to thee close to thee close to thee all along my pilgrim journey savior let me walk with thee amen the beginning of this sermon had its roots in an interview with a man by the name of jim noble jim noble is an ordained minister who just happens to be an award-winning chef living in High Point, North Carolina. He owns four very exclusive restaurants in the Charlotte, North Carolina area. By every definition, Jim Noble is successful. But a few years ago, he decided to open up a non-profit restaurant that he calls the King's Kitchen. This particular eating place serves gourmet meals, but there is one distinction. All of his proceeds, 100%, are given to the food banks and social service agencies of that area. It's estimated that he gives about $100,000 a year to feed the hungry and the poor. And in that same facility, the King's Kitchen, he brings people in from off the street who have no marketable skill, and he teaches them how to cook. And he trains them so that they can get back on their feet. When CNN dropped by to interview him, they took note of his accomplishments with the other four restaurants and asked him, why are you called to this ministry? And he said this, at some point... You have to make a choice whether you're going to be successful or significant. When I heard that, I realized then and there that these two choices, two great choices of life, success or significance, stand before us all. From the moment we're brought into this world, we are taught to be successful. It's nothing wrong with success. Hear me well. Parents want to proclaim the genius of their children who are taught to read before they can talk. They will stand in long lines and pay a lot of money to ensure that we are enrolled in the finest schools. 
Dads can imagine and visualize their nine and ten-year-old sons signing football contracts and basketball contracts. Mothers will do everything within their power to make their daughters become the essence of grace and beauty and charm at an early age. It's who we are. We are always programmed to succeed. And the road to success is paved with high expectations. However, success is an elusive thing. Not everyone arrives in that place. And if by chance they do arrive at that station called success, so often we find ourselves waiting for the next train that will take us further and further and further down the road. Today, I just present before you those two choices and this other choice that you can make. You can choose to be successful. Many people do. But the other choice, the other great choice of life is to, to be significant. You can walk the wide road that leads to success or you can take the narrow road that leads to significance. Significance is the measurable difference you make in the world and in the lives of the people around you. Significance is what gives life meaning and purpose. It can't be bought or sold. No one can take it away from you. Significance is what you leave behind long after you're gone. Significance is Boston Avenue's participation with Borough School. Who knows what seeds you're sowing there to give school supplies or become a mentor? Who knows what seeds are being developed there that in five years, 10 years, 20 years, someone will come back and say, I remember that Methodist church that bought school supplies when I had none. Significance is, is when we leave a scholarship for pastors coming into ministry where they don't have to pay $100,000 or $75,000 just to get trained and come out and make $30,000. Significance is what you leave behind. And today I, I ask, what, what better time than now to you and to those watching, what better time than now for us to make that choice of whether or not we want to be successful or we want to be significant? It's a message that Jesus spoke about so many times in the New Testament. Story after story, parable after parable, he cautions us about worldly things and reminds us about spiritual things. And you need to know that Jesus did not condemn success or riches. It's the place that they held in our lives that he was so often talking about. In this parable of the rich fool, in Luke's gospel, he tells this story of a very successful man who gave no place for God or others. In this parable, there are 108 words, and 11 of them, more than 10% of the total number of words in that parable are in the first person pronoun, I, myself. He, he thought to himself, this is what I will do. What should I do? I will do this. I will tear down. I will say to my soul. He's talking about himself. His life 
gradually became a matter of things. First, it was accumulate things, then care for things, then sit down and enjoy things. And then Jesus talks about significance. In Matthew's gospel, he asked the question, what will it profit you? And I like Eugene Peterson's translation of this in the Message Bible. What will it profit you if you get everything you want but lose yourself? What could you ever trade your soul for? When I was in the fourth grade in Mrs. Wells' class, learning to perfect our writing skills, Mrs. Wells was a pretty tough teacher. She could walk into an empty room and start a fight. That's how tough Mrs. Wells was. We thought for a long time that Mrs. Wells was a distant relative of Attila the Hun. And, <laughs> and, and as we were writing, you know, and perfecting our skills, I had this bad habit of going over that thin red line called the margin. And just like a ninja warrior, Mrs. Wells would sneak up behind me and pull my ear and say, stay within the margins. That's why this ear is a little bit longer than that one. <laughs> but you see, there's that room out there beyond the margin. And I learned at that early lesson, at that, that early time in my life, that, that God works best out there in the margin. And we can be successful here, but if we allow God to use us and to incorporate that area of the margin where God works best, God can use our success to be significant. William Booth was a reformed Methodist preacher in England. You've heard the name because it's General William Booth who founded the Salvation Army. He considered himself to be an evangelist. He didn't really like all of this thing called appointments, Brother, Wilson, Brother Wiggs. He, he didn't like that. He wanted to be an evangelist. He wanted to go out and preach to the poor and the needy. And the Methodist Church of Britain didn't like that, so they kicked him out. But undaunted, he went out and started preaching to the poor. And at the east end of London one day, the blind beggar's public house heard him speak. And he began the Salvation Army around 1865. It spread all around the world. It came to the United States. And on William Booth's last visit to the United States in 1907, he wanted to express appreciation to his offices in New York and Philadelphia and Chicago. They had done booming business to help the poor. And he went to Western Union to send a telegram to thank them he made out the words, took it to the clerk, and she counted them and told them how much it would cost to send it to multiple locations. And he didn't have enough money. He went back and revised the telegram, took it back to her. She counted the words, told him again how much it would cost. Again, he fell short. And the third time, he went back and revised it, took it to her, and this time she sent a telegram to all the Salvation Army officers thanking them for feeding the poor and clothing those and helping. But the telegram had only one word, and the word was others. 
others. Success is often characterized by an inward motivation to do all we can for ourselves, but significance is the outward expression of care, concern, and compassion for others. Rachel Beckwith is the name of a little girl who some say died a tragic life, but I say her life was one of triumph. You see, when she was a little girl, she found out that there were children in the world with cancer who lost their hair while being treated. And at the age of five, she decided to have her own hair cut and donated it to this organization called Locks of Love, L-O-C-K-S, Locks of Love, a charity that makes wigs for children. A few years later, she helped raise money for a group called Charity Water that dug wells to provide clean and running water for third world countries. And when she turned nine, instead of having people bring presents to her birthday party, she said, bring a donation so that I can give it to Charity Water. They brought $200. Her goal was $300, and she was so disappointed. And then a few days after her birthday, she and her mother and younger sister were involved in a terrible car crash on a highway near Seattle. Her spinal cord was severed, and she died three days later. News of her campaign to raise money for clean water for people who don't have access to it went viral. And today,